Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Thursday, March 23rd, 2017. As always, I am your host, Alexander Emmanuel Kulafi, joined today by my co-host as always, that is Canada's very own Donald Terrio. Hello, Canada's very own Donald Terrio. One of these days I'll reveal my middle name on this show as well, but tonight's not the night. We don't have time. Are you one of those people who does have a middle name? I do, and it might sound familiar. Is it Jay? You've already mentioned it. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Cool. So, we have a very good show today. We're talking about Switch more because there's not much news going on at all. And because a new platform just launched, the only things that we really have to talk about are things that have happened since the launch of the Switch. We really only have about two news stories today, but because new stuff came out for ARMS, because new stuff came out of Japan, because new stuff came out, even Fire Emblem Echoes, we're gonna do some musing, some spieling, as it were. But first, Donald, I made a plea last week, and the week or two before for us to get some new iTunes reviews, Nintendo News Report on iTunes. And we have gotten two more reviews since last week's show. I'm going to read all three. We have three. We need five ratings in order to get a rating on iTunes, which is going to make me feel really nice. Understand that's the only reason why we do any of this is for me specifically to feel nice. But I would love to see what you guys think, and I would love to see what you guys think in the iTunes format. So Nintendo News Report on iTunes. Here's what some people are saying. Four stars, near-perfect podcast by Wesley Flint, December 31st, 2016. Listen to you guys on my way to and from work. Great content. We got a legit four stars by Phil Harmonic, March 18th, 2017. He says... These guys are real and honest Nintendo fans. No fanboys here, just journalists with passion. Quirky, knowledgeable, and always entertaining. It is surprising that this isn't their day job. The, in all caps, authoritative source of Nintendo news. That's very sweet of you, Mr. Phil Harmonic. Thank you very much, and thank you to Mr. Wesley Flint. I will say, Donald, and you might agree with me, that... What is good about our show, for whatever any whatever else anyone can ever say about our show, I think we're really good at not drinking any Kool-Aid. We love Nintendo, but we don't love Nintendo to the point that it distracts from valid criticism. Yeah, we if Nintendo is going to make a mistake, we're gonna be we're we're here to call them out on it. And we need someone on the inside. That That's my general philosophy as a Nintendo fan, and what I've always tried to do at Nintendo World Report is I really love Nintendo. So I think Nintendo fans need people who are journalists, who are good at calling out what Nintendo does right and what Nintendo does wrong. A lot of times... You have people who are too harsh on Nintendo and to a relatively unfair extent, and then people who are just eating up whatever Nintendo delivers while ignoring some relatively important flaws or valid things to criticize that Nintendo does. We try to be right in the middle. We try to be loving, but we try to be critical in the way that, that I hope the world deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Our third review is a five-star review from Mr. JTinch94. Presumably he was born the same year I was. Great show from true Nintendo fans, entertaining and informing. Thank you very much. Two more reviews. It does not matter what you rate our podcast. I, I like to see positive reviews, but if you review it, I just want you to give it an honest review. Whatever you review it, I will read it on this show. Now you might say, Alex... Are you just reading these reviews on the show so we'll review your podcast and then you'll read a, the review that I write on the show so I can get my iTunes handle or whatever kind of handle on the show? Yes, that is exactly what I'm doing. That That is an open plea for reviews and hopefully if I'm reading the reviews on the show, you guys may be slightly more inclined to review us on iTunes. 
and and that gets us more promotion, which gets more people listening to the show, which gets more people reviewing, and it's it's a perfect cycle in that way. It's so yes, one actual benefit to you reviewing us is that we will be more apparent on the iTunes store, and we will be more visible, and more people will listen to us, and more people will care, and that will make us feel good, and that will give us a bigger audience to play for which will hopefully make for a better show. In my imagination, it means for a better show, but we shall see, Donald. Okay. We got some stuff today. We got some Joy-Con stuff. One thing I just remembered is that Mario Sports Superstars comes out tomorrow on the Nintendo 3DS. Isn't that right, Donald? It, it does. Uh, we had a review of the based on the European version a couple of weeks ago from friend of the show, Don Koopman. Uh, he found it rather wanting in some areas it's still you know 5.5 still you know above average game still great (laughs) (laughs) but the the buyer should be aware on that one be sure to read don's review so you get get what you're getting into yeah yes i'm looking forward to this video game donald and i i talked to dan personally about this i've read don's review i've heard the feedback and I still need this game because what it sounds like is it's perfectly serviceable serviceable versions of all five of these sports right it's just the content doesn't necessarily feel that inspired the tennis and the golf don't necessarily do anything that the other 3ds games didn't do etc etc My argument against that is that after playing almost 45 hours of Zelda and 20 hours of Mirror Automata, a game I don't like despite having one of the most impressive stories I've seen in a very long time, which is the reason why I'm still playing Automata, I need a palate cleanser before Persona 5, a game that will ultimately prove to be probably a 50 to 100 hour experience, all things said and done. I need something light and fluffy in between Mario Sports Superstars is going to be my saving grace for a couple weeks. Yeah, if you know, with money still being a little bit, a little bit loose. Although I think my tax return will be in in a couple of weeks, so that'll free something up. But I actually, I, I'm sort of passing on it for now. I'll keep, I'll keep it to mind in case it comes around with once the tax return hits. But honestly, I'm. If, for my palate cleanser, I'm probably going to go for Neo Turf Masters, which came out on the on Switch. Uh, eShop this week, just because that is a damn fine golf game. Is it really that good? It's. I think it's the best golf game on a console that's not like a Mario Golf style game. That's a very interesting qualification. Is there a better golf game on PC you can think of? Uh, the I, I put an unusually large amount of time for someone who doesn't care about golf into uh, the Lynx series, the old Microsoft mm. Lynx series on PC, and, but that was back in the mid-90s. I'm I'm not even sure if they still make those anymore. I don't think they do because I think they just I think they just end up with if at best you get a, a port of uh, Rory McIlroy or the Golf Club, which admittedly I haven't played. But have you played Hot Shots Golf on the PlayStation Vita? I I have, uh, but I got it right after I got Mario Golf on 3DS. I actually think World so... Invitational stacks up very well against Mario Golf. If anything. I think Hot Shots Golf might be the better simulation of golf. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mario Golf's not a simulation. It's a it's an arcade game that just happens to have golf as a backdrop. You like think you're hitting Mar- it. Yeah, go ahead. I think Mar- Mario Golf is probably like Mario Golf might be a bit more fun, has a bit more plays a little bit fast and loose with what golf is. I I can see Hot Shots as a simulation. I just something I never really got into and I don't know. Neo Turf Master is just... It, it's something... It's one of those random games that they put a lot of time into. As, someone, who's, people, as they, someone who's only played 3D golf games, would it be impossible for me to get into Neo Turf Masters? No, it's it's an, like it's an arcade game, essentially. So it's very, very simple to control, and... There's a and there's a lot of there's enough golfers in there. You can probably find something with, that would suit your play style. Okay, cool. Let's move on to this Joy-Con thing. Tell me about Joy-Cons. Okay, so 
before launch and even after launch, there was some there was a lot of reports of Joy Cons losing connection with the console when you're about more than ten feet ten feet five air, five meters or so away from the console. And Nintendo originally was saying it's not a problem. They came out this week and in a statement to Kotaku, they said basically it was a problem at one factory. We have fixed the problem. And if you're having, and if you're still having the issues, let us know. We'll do some troubleshooting, and then we'll swap it out if necessary. So okay. I know several people that have taken advantage of that already. Uh, the the term I think Nintendo used in their statement to Kotaku was that it was a quote manufacturing variation, mm. wherein you're seeing like if Nintendo had four factories that did the Joy Cons, the first one up maybe didn't put as much. You know, they didn't put as much. They put too much shielding in for the wireless signal, which is, seems to be the root cause of the interference. Is uh, somebody from the Verge actually sent their Joy-Con in for repair, and they got it back with some extra conducting foam in the corner of the Joy-Con that boosted the wireless signal and made it stronger. Mm, okay. Have you had a problem with your Joy-Con yet, Donald? I haven't, but I'm also not in my environment is such that there's a I only have about a 32 inch TV. So my the ideal viewing distance for me on that is about five feet from the between the switch and where I'm sitting. So it hasn't really been an issue for me yet. I actually thought about I, I thought about getting somebody over who wears like jewelry, like hand jewelry, like a rings or bracelets to see if that would have an effect, but haven't had a chance to do that as of yet. We're getting some word in the chat. Kingler, Chariot Goblin, Axel Felix are all claiming that the video stopped. Is It's repeating. It's a Google stream thing. Donald, do we have any troubleshooting options? Uh, let me see here. Sorry, folks, we are live. <laughs> if you can hear us, yeah. So, see, we're down to about. See, we dropped into the single, uh, single digits. We're doing our best to troubleshoot. If it doesn't work, fingers crossed that. The podcast version goes back. Hello, welcome again to Nintendo News Report, Thursday, March 23rd, 2017. It sounds like the stream was relatively broken last time around, but don't worry, we're back. We got a new stream. If this one breaks, we're just going to keep going and hopefully the audio version will be better. If it's not better, we profoundly apologize and I will find some kind of solution that works good for everyone. Hey Donald, how you doing? Well, hopefully everything's back to normal now, and we can keep going, keep on with the show. Yeah, so on the last stream, all that happened was I said that it would be great if people started, aka continued, to review us on iTunes, Nintendo News Report on iTunes. I, I was reading some of the reviews that we had on iTunes that, that were relatively positive, but positive or not, any reviews you put on iTunes for Nintendo News Report, we will read on the show. Donald, you were talking about a Joy-Con issue. That's, that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, so like I said, Nintendo finally admitted this week that there was an issue at one of the factories that was making the Joy-Cons, and they referred to it as a manufacturing variation that caused some of the Joy-Cons to not have the necessary conductive material that puts out a strong signal, which is why it would cut out or you'd lose connection after when you're 10 feet away or thereabouts. So right. they have they have fixed it at the factory level. 
So future shipments, of which there plan to be many, will not have, shouldn't have this issue if there is any problems, basically contact Nintendo and they'll take care of you. Yeah. Everyone in the chat right now, by the way, let us know if you can hear us relatively easily and let us know if you can't. Because either way, that's very valid and useful and helpful information for us. Donald, you told me that you did not have any issues with your Joy-Cons, although you have a very specific setup that makes you relatively unlikely to have such issues. I'm a similar way. My TV's about six to eight feet from where my controller is when I'm playing on the television, which means I'm in the ideal settings to play the Switch. I don't know about you, though. I've played the Switch 85% to 90% in handheld mode so far. Yeah. I've I've played I've, I've tried to split it roughly 50-50 like I'm reviewing a game for the Switch that'll be up tomorrow. And it had I evenly split it between when I was playing at when I was playing outside of work hours, I was on TV. When I was working, I was in handheld mode just because I have to be at my desk. So you prefer playing on the television when you're given them the option? Uh, I I really haven't... I, I can't say that I've played the Switch enough to make that call yet. Because most of my... A lot of my time before this review game was on the Wii U. Mm. But I I think I'm going to mo- be mostly, mostly handheld. Unless my roommate wants to watch me play, basically. Yeah. So... So, like, tomorrow night during the test fire, that's going to be all on TV. That's right. The test fire for Splatoon is happening tomorrow. 12 to 1 o'clock Pacific, 3 to 4 Eastern. Yeah, and then 8 to 9 Pacific, 11 to midnight Eastern tomorrow night. And then, again, on Saturday. And I think there's an afternoon session on Sunday. If that's, I thought it was, or, was it just the midnight time or was it just the afternoon time? There's one uh, session I, on Sunday. Yeah, there's oh yeah, that's the that's the Japan primetime session on Sunday. Okay. So that so that's like eight p that's like eight in the like seven in the morning Eastern time, I think. That's really weird, but I'm kind of excited. <laughs> yeah. It looks like there's going to be one map. That wasn't the one that I played in January at the that the New York Switch event. It seems like there's going to be that map, the standard map that everyone's played. But there's also going to be a new map that seems like it's based on some kind of gym slash athletic center, which I think is is really cool looking from the images they they've shared so far. Yeah, and they're show, and they've showed some of the new weapons for that as well. I, I think we played the same map because I got to I got to a couple of rounds in at PAX East and. That seems that that map will probably come up most of the time, but it'll be cool to check that gem out. The map you played, did it play like? Was it so much like a Splatoon one map that you were convinced it was a Splatoon one map for a minute? Yeah, yeah, okay, I feel, it, the same one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Joy-Con issue, I'm glad they're fixing it. It sounds like it's a minor issue and not necessarily a red ring of death issue, which is a relief. It seems like the Switch launch overall is going relatively well for Nintendo, all things considered. GameStop's getting new stock in. People are happy and excited about it. It seems like the games are all there. Zelda's awesome. And Zelda's selling it about one-to-one with the Switch, at least at GameStop it is. They admitted that on an earnings call today. I can't think of any person really, unless you really want to buy Zelda on the Wii U, you're one of these people, and there are other people like you. Perfectly fine. Unless you want to play Zelda on the Wii, I can't think of anyone who would buy a Switch without Zelda right now. Yeah, I'm I am the one I am the one percent. And you're still playing it, it's just you're playing on a different system. Yeah, like I, I bought I bought a Switch and I bought Zelda. Just well, it's it's the difference between forty five and seventy five dollars for me. Mm. The Switch is quickly turning to the PS Vita two for me. <laughs> that it, you're mostly playing it handheld. I'm mostly playing it handheld, and not only am I mostly playing it handheld, 
but the kinds of games I'm playing on my Switch are also, for the most part, the kinds of games I would be playing on my, my Vita. On the Vita, what kind of games are you playing? You're playing three kinds of games. You're playing indie games in the comfort of your bed. You're playing HD-ish quality games, or at least total HD quality games. And you're playing a lot of japanese games. And what are the three things that the Nintendo Switch has as a console? It's indie games that you can comfortably play in bed, like I've been playing Fast RMX and Shovel Knight in bed. You have HD tier games in The Legend of Zelda and all these other games that are going to be coming out in the next month or two to come. You got ARMS, which we're going to be talking about. You got Mario Kart, etc. And you're going to have a lot of Japanese-ass Japanese games. Not only are we getting the Nintendo Japanese games, but as the Vita slowly, slowly, quickly already uh, crawls into its grave, and as Sony is not issuing a PSP replacement, it seems like those developers are also going to the Switch. Yeah, and, and we'll see that with something that we'll be talking about later, that the, that something got announced this week that would totally have gone on the Vita if this was even a year ago. But now that the Switch is out and seems to be doing well, you can afford to greenlight projects. So uh, uh, what, what is the quote? Uh, the, it is the Vita 2 because it's Western Indies, Japan games, and no Sony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cherry Goblin asks, is there any rhythm games on the Switch? There is exactly one. It is Voez. It is $25. I've played some more Voez since I talked about it on the last installment of the show. It's cookie-cutter rhythm game that has a whole lot of music, and maybe 30% of it is music that it's actually super catchy earworms, and a lot of it is just generic J-pop. I think it's worth trying the free demo, the free version on phones, and then deciding if that's a game for you. There's nothing wrong with it, though. And in fact, Voice does remind me a lot of the rhythm games that I played on the Vita during the Vita's lifetime. I, I think the, the one thing I would love to see on the Switch but will never happen is, is a rock band game that is full-ass, full-band rock band when it's not in TV mode, but if you pull it out, it becomes Rock Band Blitz mm. using the same content. That's a great just, idea. If harmonics I, had if harmonics three had, years of life in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, did you see the new card game that they're putting out? That what is it? Like mobile card game that's using Toys to Life stuff? Or, or like tapping with NFC? Did I hear that right? Here's what it is. I I, I don't remember the name, but I saw the trailer twice, and I, I saw what it actually was. It's a card game that you buy in this kit that's somewhere between like 70 to 100 bucks. It might even be more than 100 bucks, but I think it's like 70 to 100 bucks. Hasbro or Mattel is putting it out. You put down a beat from these licensed musicians, these licensed bands, these licensed artists. Like I saw a, Han a Sam Hunt. I saw a who's the girl who's all about that bass? Uh, Megan Trainer, I think it's that, or it was someone else. It's that that girl. It's I saw some other people, and what it does is it mashes up these music pieces or these music sound bites together into these funky ass beats. And then there might be some cooperative or competitive element to it. I'm not quite sure. It looks like something that won't catch on. In the same way that Rock Band 4 did not catch on. In the same way to a lot of these efforts in the last few years did not catch on. And the same way Rock Band VR doesn't seem to be catching on. Has that, I'm not even sure if that has even come out yet. I think it might have. It, it's an Oculus game. I know it's an Oculus game. Anyways, we do have some stuff in the chat. Axel Felix says, please the Switch. Please the Switch. Uh, make it not the second Vita failure. I don't think the Switch is going to be a failure. And in fact, when I called it the next Vita, I said that in a very complimentary way. I think the Vita is one of the best handhelds that's ever come out. I think the 3DS and DS are probably better. But after that, it might be the Vita. 
The Vita has a wonderful assortment of Japanese games in all kinds of genres. It has one of the best rhythm libraries out of any system that's ever come out. Granted, it doesn't have Elite Beat Agents or Rhythm Heaven, but it still has a lot of really damn good games. It has amazing JRPGs. It has amazing adventure games. And it was the first true realization of HD console-like gameplay on a handheld. I love my Vita more than I've loved most systems. And the Switch seems like the Vita, except it has commercial potential. That, yeah, that's, what I, that's what I think the Switch is. Yeah, the, the, the first attempt with the Vita maybe didn't go well, you know, $100 memory cards for, for half-decent storage and all that fun stuff. But I, Nintendo obviously saw they had a lot of exposure to what the Vita did right and what it did wrong. And I think in a fashion, they have put that that information into the Switch and created something that will actually, that at least for now, seems to be moving hardware at a rapid pace. I hope they find a way to make a handheld Switch and make that the 3DS's successor. I hope, hope, hope they don't split the audience again. Because it's going to be really weird to see them properly releasing the strongest handheld console of all time. I don't know if there's a shield that's more powerful than the Switch at this point, but as far as like actual console manufacturers go that aren't reliant on PC, this is the most powerful handheld console that's been put out. And it is a handheld console in all intents and purposes that can be played like a regular console and is intended to compete in the regular console space. It would be so weird to me to see Nintendo release a handheld console this powerful and then to succeed the 3DS to do a completely different DS-style handheld that is significantly weaker and has this other gimmick as if the Switch doesn't exist. I think the only way for Nintendo to go forward is to do a second handheld Switch and to market it differently enough so that it's going to make people like me and you want to buy this handheld switch. Sort of like a, a t like a tough book switch, like something that's it, it might be aimed at the kids market for instance. A 2D that's... switch. 2DS, 2D switch. <laughs> yeah, and the 2DS did surpri did surprisingly well all things considered for Nintendo. So the something along uh, something along those lines probably is inevitable, but Nintendo may, if the Switch does well enough, then Nintendo can afford to maybe wait a few years before they launch some sort of 3DS successor because they'll have the Switch pulling in equivalent of two of both systems install base at that point. Cherry Goblin says, wasn't Vita supposed to outsell the 3DS according to IGN? And Donald, <laughs> I feel like you might be able to correct me on this. Um, I'm thinking of what Chariot Goblin is thinking about. I'm pretty sure that was... Wasn't the PSP supposed to outsell the DS? Wasn't that the thing that was said? Yeah, there's the very there's the very famous photo of, three, of four people sitting around a table. Three of them are playing... I think it was Ridge Racer on the PSPs. And the DS is in PictoChat with a little hand-drawn frowny face. Uh, I'm sure there were people predicting the the doom and the doom and gloom of the 3ds at the hands of the Vita until the Vita's price and memory situation got announced, which was then followed by the 3ds rapidly dropping its price. Right, right. Okay, so there you go. Santiago 316 says, "LOL, yeah, Cherry Goblin." So maybe Santiago saw the same thing Cherry Goblin did. I wouldn't um, be surprised if it happened once every generation. <laughs> Yeah, the, people have counted out Nintendo handheld. Well, Nintendo, what, doomed since 1889? Yeah. The simple fact of the matter is that because there are so many different voices in video game commentary, IGN, Nintendo World Report, you got Giant Bomb, you got all these other websites, you got Nintendo Life, you got all these YouTubers. Because of the way console sales work, you're going to see a Dewey defeats Truman moment every generation. Every couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. In some context, someone's going to be wrong because video game discourse 
comes down to hate, love, and speculation. That's all that video game discourse is. Is a fancy way of saying hate, love, and, of course, speculation. Which is a lot of what this show is, is speculation. It's a lot of what uh, many video game podcasts are. Is a little bit of hyperbole mixed with speculating a future that we simply don't know. And there's so many things to predict that the presidency is something that's going to get a lot more attention. But stuff like video games saying Zelda's going to fail. I said I don't think Zelda's going to be that great. I turned out to be wrong. Zelda's a frontrunner for my personal year list so far, despite it only being a few months in. I said Splatoon wasn't going to be that good of a game, and I ended up being wrong with that. I have a Splatoon Boy plushie in my room right now. It's it's one of my favorite Nintendo games in years. I'm wrong all the time. I'm sure everyone on this show has been wrong at some point. Granted, it's a two-person show, but I think you know what I mean, Donald. I... I I was going over some predictions I made in 2016 a few months ago, and I think my batting average made the the average pitcher in the National League look like a slugger. So yeah, we we will be wrong at times. That, <laughs> that yeah. happens. Riz is jokingly saying the Switch hasn't even been out a month, and we're already talking about its successor. Fucking nerds, lol. Correction: We are not talking about its successor. We are talking about its companion. And we're trying to decide what the future of 3DS looks like with the Switch. Because obviously the 3DS only has another year at best in it. It might get whatever the Pokemon third version is, and that's probably it. And then the 3DS is probably kaput. Because the Switch is going to have a decent install base by then. And people are going to justify making more Switch-exclusive games the same way it happened with PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So... That brings us to our next topic. It was going to be ARMS, but I feel like this is an excellent transition point into our discussion about these Japanese games that just got announced on Nintendo systems, Donald. Yeah, so overnight, Monday night into Tuesday, which became Tuesday, which was Tuesday during the day in Japan, there were two announcements, one for Switch, one for 3DS. The Switch will be getting a compilation of the first three Seiken Densetsu games, or Densetsu games, known as Final Fantasy Adventure and Secret of Mana in North America, with the third one that never came out here. That's going to be out June 1st. It's going to be about, 40, about 4,800 yen, roughly 45 bucks US with exchange rate. And, it's, and there is a non-zero chance that we could have an English playable version of the third game in that series for the outside of fan translation for the first time ever. If it didn't have dual language at the time, and I bet it did not, it's not going to have dual language in this version. Well, even, even if you have like, even if they put dual language on for even just secret of mana, Secret of Mana is a really good game, and the switch is designed. Well, we know out of, out of pocket to be a multiplayer system. So you could you could theoretically I could play three player Secret of Mana for the first time ever. I was having a thought about this relatively recently. The other one is is a remake of Radiant Historia on three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology coming out end of June in Japan on 3DS. A re, a 3DS up port in the Devil Survivor overclock style of what was actually my game of the year in 2011. Sure. Okay. The thought I've been having is that we're going to see a lot more Japanese games come over in the future because digital purchasing now in 2017 is far more prevalent than it was in 2011 when the, or 2012 when the Wii U came out. Companies like EA or Activision, it was one of the ones, or it was Ubisoft, were saying something like 35% of their purchases have been coming from digital storefronts. Yeah, they like were, I think that I think that was Ubisoft, and they and you see because they're moving aggressively with that because like they just put Ghost Recon Wildlands on sale on PSN right now. That game came out a week and a half ago. Or two yeah. weeks ago. Ten to fifteen percent of video gaming as an industry happens on Steam. And, and I bet a lot more of it happens on the PC now. 
So we're moving towards digital storefronts. And what that means is that companies are going to spend less money on physical copies, which is going to make a lower barrier for localizing things to the West. Because a lot of the times, the stopping factor to bringing a game overseas is not paying people to translate the game. The reason why Hatsune Miku came over so easily a few years ago is because there wasn't that much translation. But the reason why it never came out before then, and for a lot of these Japanese games, is because there's a certain uh, amount of money that it costs to print so many copies of a game. And that is oftentimes the difference between being able to put out a game and not being able to put out a game, as far as I know. I don't know that for certain, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly the case. And and you're right, because you're more likely to see like limited-run games. They wanted to get in on the Wii U, but the, and I think to a lesser extent the 3DS. They, didn't, they were never able to, so they're a Sony house exclusively right now. But they're saying as soon as this summer, we might start to see some of their product available. And the and this is a and they work in like lots of five thousand. Mm. So they if they're if they're gonna have that as an option, then you can do a game like maybe it gets a you know fifteen twenty thousand unit run. It's only available for pre-orders, or it's like sold exclusively on Amazon or something like with the Steinsgate games, and then it's on the shop, and it's good and you can get it whenever you want. The only, I'm honestly, though, more expecting, I would give Secret of Mana, the Seiken Tentetsu collection, better odds of getting localized at this point in North America than I would Radiant Astoria. And that disappoints me, but it's probably a fact at this point. Are all three of those games localized already? Uh, The first one just actually got a new localization last year. Mm. Mana out on, on the Vita, and that is... Final that is the same game as Final Fantasy Adventure, except they've re, they've read the translation. Two was localized in the early '90s. Three wasn't. The fan translation that was I think it was that and Final Fantasy V were the first two games I ever heard of that got translated into English by fans. Mm. Okay. So I I don't know if it's a deal breaker, but it definitely lowers the barrier of entry. For physical, no longer needing to be an absolute expectation. Although a lot of Japanese publishers are still hoping to bring games out in physical, even in some limited format. The other thing, Donald, is that I think we are becoming a more global video game market. And I think wider audiences are starting to either accept Japanese games again, or starting to accept Japanese games in a greater way than they have been before. And I don't think there's... And it felt like there used to be some kind of distinction between Japanese games and English games culturally, to some extent. And there's still a little bit of that, but I feel like there's less of that than there used to be. Zelda, Nier Automata, you have Final Fantasy XV, you have the Metal Gear Solids, you have... All these other games, these Dragon Quest builders, the these Dragon Quest heroes, Puyo Puyo Tetris, games that everyone knows are Japanese, but aren't really treated like there aren't really going to be Japanese games and non-Japanese games. I think there's just going to be games in the future. And when people start looking at all games as the same and, and start looking at Japanese games as less niche, which I think is absolutely happening. I think Persona 5 could very well be the breakout game for that series, even more than Persona 4 was. It's going to be a lot easier to see games come over. Yeah. And, you're, and Japan is, Japan's digital adoption seems to be lagging behind the rest of the world. So yeah, for, their, for the domestic market in Japan... You still want to get on the store shelves, even if you end up in a bomb bin six weeks later. Yeah. Speaking of physical games, the new, the Monster Boy, the one that's coming out relatively soon, they're making a play for that being a physical release. They they put out a survey today. Yeah, it was uh, it like was, basically was Wonder Boy. Was, or Wonder Boy is the remake of of the other game. Monster Boy is the spiritual successor. Yeah, and 
the publisher FDG Entertainment. I, there's actually a video of, of us playing that game on on, you, on this channel, by the way. Uh, they they basically send a tweet that says, "Like this tweet if you would be interested in a physical version of Monster Boy on the Switch." Mm. And last I saw, they were pushing a they were they were getting into the high thou number of thousands for likes on that tweet. So if even like even if they convert half of that that's a limited run games run right there. Mm. Sure. Okay. Okay. I found out something at PAX East, by the way, speaking of which. I thought Monster Boy and Monster Boy... What, what's what's the subtitle for this one? And the... Dry, Monster no, 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 Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. And the what's Kingdom? Cursed Kingdom. And the Cursed Kingdom. I thought that was the same as Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap. And then at PAX East, I found out that those were two different video games. Right? I found yeah. out that Wonder Boy, Dragon's Trap, and Monster Boy, Cursed Kingdom, two different games. And I was like, that's really weird that you have one system that's, that's named Monster Boy and one, and one game that's called Wonder Boy. And I got very confused. So then I looked up this game, and it turns out that even though they're two different video games... <laughs> they're vaguely part of the same series. The yeah, and it, along with it, thirty years sorry. ago, which had a spinoff called Monster World, which lasted for thirty years, and then there was this spiritual successor called Monster Boy, which is based on Wonder Boy and Monster World, that is coming out relatively soon. So you have two games that are releasing in a short span of each other. Monster Boy and Wonder Boy that are vaguely part of the same spear series or spirituals. You have the creator of the of they're the creative creator behind both games, and they're by two different publishers. And that whole thing gets weirder the more you look into it. And and let's you know what Konami can very easily make this even worse because they could bring back Adventure Island, which is in the same family tree as well. Yeah, and then at Adventure Island, I was like, oh, this looks like that Adventure Island game I saw on Game Center CX a long time ago. And it turns out that's because it is. <laughs> yeah, the there is, I, I believe, la about 10 months, I want to say about 10 months ago or so, there was a Retronauts episode that tried to trace this family back. I had a headache at the end of it. It's so confusing. And it was just because I went to PAX East and I was like oh, that's cool that the remake is happening. And then I was like, oh, it turns out that's not the remake. And then it just, it created the, this rabbit hole. And it was, it was, it's, it's something else, Donald. It is, it is something else. Japanese games are cool. I think more are going to be coming overseas. And I think the region free thing is happening at a wonderful time for a system that really needs to be region free. Although I also think as this generation progresses, it's going to turn out that being region-free is not going to be as big of a deal as we all thought. There might be an Inazuma 11 game here and there that might come out on the Switch, but won't come out on in Europe, but won't come out on North America, and that's what PlayAsia is for. But I don't think there are going to be a ton of games that are going to be ja Japan only. I think maybe, maybe Taiko, and even that's... That's like 50-50 to me right now. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think the uh, un underreported reason as to why Nintendo went region-free with this is probably to ward off people hacking the system to get at it, to be able to play stuff from out of region, especially with a portable, because that I've, ne I've not confirmed this, but it is my own speculation that a lot of the reason we don't have Etrian Odyssey 5 announced for localization is because Sega Atlas got burned hard by piracy on Seventh Dragon and SMT Apocalypse. Mm. Yeah, I would not be surprised if that was the case. Should because we the, say Apocalypse great game? What were you saying? Because the, the eShops on 3DS and especially Wii U, where they haven't updated the system in over a year now, are wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it still a thing with the 3DS hacking that you need to have one older 3DS uh, update, or at least two older updates 
Because I'm pretty sure that there was very briefly an extremely big gap that Nintendo themselves created that hackers exploited. And then Nintendo patched it. And then it became way harder. Or I might be thinking of Vita. I think Vita was that way. I, I think you're thinking of Vita on that one. They've Yeah. Vita was the one that the last update left it wide open. And then it got it got patched. And then hackers are like, listen, it was a miracle that we were able to hack the Vita in the first place. If you don't have something with this update or an older one, there's nothing we can do for you. Yeah. Which is fine because I, I looked into hacking my Vita. This is I'm, this is fine to talk about. I looked into hacking my Vita, and I don't really pirate games that much at this point in my life because I, I have a job. I, I like to buy my video games. I like to support video games. So so I choose for economic and just as a fan reasons, not not to pirate too many video games, especially new ones. But I was just curious. Okay, here's a point of reflection. Let's say I get a Vita. What kind of games do I still need to play that I haven't played yet? And there was like Final Fantasy, World of Final Fantasy. There was maybe Dragon Quest. There's the Berserk game. There's the Attack on Titan game, which I, I would have a way to play those. But otherwise, there there wasn't that much for me. Yeah, I, I was heavily into ripping games and downloading some of them during the DS era when there wasn't a convenient way for me to have all of the games for my for the system in one place outside of piracy now that you have the eShop and i have a very thick memory card in this thing i can have you, you know 90 games or so just retail games on a memory card at once and i've you know i've paid full freight for them or well some cases i waited for a deal but still i paid for them i have i have the rights to use that so yeah, I I haven't looked into hacking my 3DS because honestly, I don't see the need. The DS was a wild west. I'm not gonna yeah. say I, I had a flash card, but let, let's say I I I had a friend who had a, a flash card, and that whole thing was a wild west. Oh, and, all these and, Japanese games that never came out, and all these weird romantic rhythm games, and all these weird, like, not Elite Beat Agents games, and all these other weird games that came out in Europe, but not America, and all these games that had fan translations, and then there was a world of GBA games, and oh boy, it was, I, that thing was nutso. <laughs> I got burned the same way Joe Merrick of Cerebi did. Was how, how'd that happen? I imported black and white but I was kind of impatient to play it. So I kind of, I may, may have obtained a ROM that hadn't been received a patch that made it so that my Pokemon did not get any experience. Yeah. That's, that's goofy. Okay. I think we, we talked about these Japanese video games as far as we can. We have two things to talk about left on. We have Echoes and we have ARMS. Do you have a preference for what we talk about first? Well, I, I'm kind of thinking we should talk. We should discuss arms because they did put out a couple of trailers this week showing off the char- the the characters that have been playable in that game at demos. Yeah, and, we didn't get anything new, did we? Uh, if you'd played the game at PAX East, or if you had seen, or if you'd played arms at the New York event, you saw these five characters before. Right. Yeah. And then, and then they brought out, and they also had a like a, a weapons trailer, basically, showing that you could mix and match a whole bunch of different types of gloves, essentially, to customize these characters how and basically fight however you wanted to fight. Hmm. But I'm, I, I still go back to the fact that we've only got five confirmed characters for a fighting game. I accept in 2017 that DLC is a point of, is going to happen for fighting games, but I wonder if they may be taking the Splatoon treatment for this game a little too far because, you know, you might be able to make 180 different fighters out of five characters and all the weapons they showed. But I don't know. That seems... Maybe this will work. Or maybe or maybe ARMS falls by the wayside. I don't know at this point. I'm not sold on ARMS yet. And I played it just like you, Donald. I played ARMS. I had some fun with it. Did you get the feeling that I did that it played a little more like Pokémon tournament than people were willing to admit? 
Yeah, that I was definitely getting some Pokemon vibes when I played that. And I, not I, in a I, good I, way. Like, like it, it made me think of all the things I didn't like about Pokemon Tournament, despite there not being that much wrong with it. Yeah, that that is a solid. Pokemon was a solid seven five, and I think, <laughs> and generous. I think, and I think arm, I think arms. If, if arms comes out with po, like Pokemon's fighter base, and if they give it the Splatoon, we're going to update this thing with new. Like there will be a new stage every so often. We'll bring out new char- new types of characters every few weeks, new new weapons to play with. That could that could work, but you need something to build on. And right now, okay, we're two months out from two three months out from this game coming out because it's, they they still only have spring down as the date. But yeah. they probably should announce a date for that soon. And they, I'm hoping there's a little bit more variety, like. Base Street Fighter Two, I think, is the is the minimum at this point. Right, right. I because I don't trust that Arms is going to be great yet. That in itself could be evidence that Arms is going to be a really good game. Because I thought Zelda wasn't going to be that good. Turns out Nintendo made one of the best Nintendo games. And then you got Splatoon, which I didn't think was going to be that great. And then it ends up being a wonderful addition to the AAA Nintendo library. I didn't necessarily have that much confidence that all kinds of games were going to be great. I didn't have that much confidence Mario Maker was going to be great. But Mario Maker and Splatoon, in my opinion, are the Wii U's two best games. So maybe ARMS is going to be the next one. You know what Nintendo does, Donald? Nintendo does this thing where they're really bad at showing off their new franchises. Between t- so we did our panel like two weeks ago. I did some reflecting on the panel, and now we have our show today. In between our panel and today, I just realized that Nintendo actually intended the Wonderful 101 to be the next character-based Nintendo game, and it didn't even click with me until 2017 that that's what they were actually trying to do because they showed that game off so poorly. And they gave it so little attention compared to their other games. They showed off Splatoon in the Nintendo Direct from 2014. And they showed that game off. It looked like a $15 eShop game when they showed it in trailers. It looked like some weird experiment that they were putting with an online mode and no content. And it was going to come and go with a 7 out of 10. They showed Mario Maker for the first time. There was no confidence coming out of me that they were actually going to pull off the Mario Maker experience, which they ultimately did. So I'm going to give ARMS the benefit of the doubt for now, despite the fact that I got really big Pokemon tournament vibes from it. And like you, I am not sold on that video game yet. Yeah, I'm, I wonder if, you know, a month, you know, the th- few weeks before it comes out, that maybe we get a demo like the the Splatoon test fire for the first one and get a full-on arms direct showing what they're going for. I would love an arms direct. I think we need an arms direct. (laughs) I think we need, I think we need a, yeah, we need a direct, but we definitely, but an arms direct, if there is 39 minutes worth of game there, they probably need to show most of it off. I wonder if we're past the era of Nintendo Directs. How long of Nintendo not having a Nintendo Direct do we then decide that Nintendo's not having Nintendo Directs anymore? That's a question uh, I have. The I'd longest... Give it, I'd give it 12 months. Yeah, I'd say 12 months. Uh, what's, 12 what's months. The I mean, the, long, the longest they've gone before was, I want to say, if you count the E3 Directs, uh, the E3 shows as Directs, it was from E3 2015 to November 2015. And I think at this point, we may be past that already anyway, because I think the last direct direct they had was in, I, I want to say it was, in, it, was in, it was the 3DS one in September of last year. Yes, that is correct. Although we can count the Nintendo Switch event as a direct-like thing. That we got some kind of Nintendo press dump in the last few months, but also considering it's April soon, 
We don't know what's going on with the 3DS. We don't know what's going on with Pikmin. We don't know what's going on with Ever Oasis or many of these other games. We need another one in the next month. Real bad. I think. <laughs> I yeah. think. Although Watson take 15 minutes of it to talk about Fire Emblem Echoes. Not Fire... that that's a bad thing. Not that that's a bad thing. They they need their game to talk 15 minutes about, and I wouldn't mind them talking 15 minutes about Fire Emblem Echoes because that game's coming out in two months. We saw translated footage of it in the recent three-minute trailer that was put out. And that game, to me, comes across as... It's a remake of an old Fire Emblem game. But it seems like... It's the Fire Emblem team going out to prove that they can release a Shadow Dragon that appeals to a larger audience. Yeah, that's that's the via, that seems to be where they're going with this. Although, there, there's a lot of things that that echoes or got or guiding or whatever you want to call it is going to have. There was a final that... direct this year, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that was our last. So the last direct was, was realistically January 18th. So mm. or, yeah, maybe end of April, but. Yeah, Fire Emblem Echoes. There's a lot. There's a lot of things in there that I had to go back and watch that footage several times just to pick out. So this is a very this is a deep game. It might be deeper than Fates. Well, it looks and that's putting all of it deeper than Fates. I mean, maybe there won't be yeah. as much story and there won't be as many twists and turns, but mechanically, it looks way deeper than Fates. It, it looks like an old Fire Emblem game is, and in the same way. Imagine if Nintendo made a modern, polished remake. Modern Nintendo made a modern, polished remake of Zelda 2. That's what this seems like they're trying to do with Fire Emblem Echoes, is they're trying to take the weirdest Fire Emblem game they know, and they're trying to put it on the Awakening Fates engine. And they're trying to translate it to a more modern audience. At the same time, <coughs> saying things like, you know all this pussy shit, like, uh, like, pairing and, and all this easy peasy gameplay you're not gonna get that in this fire emblem you're gonna you get, get dungeon old, crawling you're gonna get dungeon crawling you're gonna get old school fire emblem you're gonna get archers that are throw shooting their arrows like in these weird l directions yeah <laughs> that, there's some very there is some very potentially broken things in that in in fire and Lamecos, and i look forward to breaking that game in half yeah um if I'm, the computer doesn't beat me to it i'm excited about it in the same way i'm excited about persona 5 which is to say i'm i'm not thinking about persona 5 that much because of how long ago it was mentioned but the day before it comes out, I'm going to be frothing at the mouth. Winter 2014 is coming. Winter winter 2014. Oh, God, I want Persona 5 so bad. I I really, really want it. And it's it's, it's under two weeks away, Donald. They was just did the unboxing today. We we had we had the scare last week with the uh, the hazardous materials in the steel book. I admit I fell for it. <laughs> Was that a I prank? Can't. Um, it was Amazon overshipping and picking the excuse off a dartboard. I think. Oh, okay. Or maybe it was someone pressed the wrong button, or someone yeah. was told the wrong thing because there was a different product being recalled. All, all sorts of things yeah. could have happened. But as as long as well, I I didn't bother pre-order. I I downgraded to the standard standard edition of P five. I went and upgraded to the special edition of Echoes because I'm insane. <laughs> the Persona that... 5 one seems better than the Fire Emblem one, I'll say. Because the Persona yeah, but... one includes a plushie, it includes a bag, and Atlas is usually good with their merch not being disastrous. I remember the... Uh, famously on a very early episode on Nintendo News Report, famously to me, famous to no one else, I showed my Chris Redfield figure from the Resident Evil 5 Collector's Edition, and oh boy, that thing is garbage. It was one of these miniature figures where all the paint that was supposed to be his eyes and mouth and face had just blended together 
So it was this brown and black abyss of nothing. His arm and leg have already snapped off. Uh, the bag that supposedly came with it was not a usable bag by any human being more than two and a half feet tall. Right? I think I'm thinking of a bag. It was it was real awful. On the other yeah. hand, you have you have collector's editions like Resistance Two, where you get an actual proper action figure, quality action figure. I I, 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 I got. Yeah, I bought. The thing is with me, the the Take Your Heart edition of P five is one hundred and twenty dollars here. Oh shit! Yeah, it's not eighty like it is in in, in good old Massachusetts. Yeah, so and that's with tax. So, um, I did end up getting the Dancing All Night Collector's Edition for thirty bucks, mm. and I and, and this after I had managed to get a get a copy of the game digitally early, so. But I use like the pouch that came with that. I use that quite a bit mm. until I lost my veto with it. So, if you want to get hyped for Persona Five, what I recommend you do, Donald, don't watch any of the new trailers. I have not been watching any of the new gameplay trailers whatsoever. That I still want to be mostly surprised. But the perfect trailer to watch <coughs> is that first TGS trailer, where. Not the one where they show the logo for the first time, and it looks like a race car slash adult swim slash this weird uh, dream thing, but the one where it shows off the characters in gameplay for the first time, where it's like, dun, 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 and it's like the super fuzzy jazz music, and it's it's about three minutes long. I think it's and from, they show the, from TGS, I think, 20... 2014-2015. You know the one I'm talking about, where it shows just enough uh, gameplay to get you excited and to know it exists and to show yeah. gameplay. I, but yeah, the rest I of think... it's just character style and funky ass jazz. Yeah, I I watched the prequel anime. I think that I think my hype has been pretty much maxed out ever since. Is the prequel anime good? Uh, it's it's all right. It, it, <laughs> is it made by the Persona Four anime studio, where any character in the background no longer has a face. Uh, I didn't see a lot of that, but there weren't a lot of characters in the background in this story to begin with. Mm. The Nintendo News report where Cloud <laughs> Cherry Goblin. The Nintendo News report where Cloud was announced for Smash's infamous LOL. Now Cherry Goblin, if I remember correctly. Uh, Donald, were you on that one? Yeah, it was you, me, and Scott. Was that the one where I got really upset that Cloud was in Smash, and then everyone got really upset at me? I, I, I think I, I think, I think it was. I know I had to write a rebuttal article the next day. Oh boy, yeah, I was not happy about Cloud being in Smash. Although I don't know what I expected at the time because I, I haven't really thought about Smash Four that much in a long time. Well, there, there was something interesting in the press release when they announced the uh, limited edition for Echoes. Though they said that current and future Fire Emblem Smash amiibo, such as Corin, will work with Fire Emblem Echoes. So we might be getting the Cloud and Bayonetta sooner than we think. Smashport happens this year. I'm convinced. It's I gotta be this year. If I they think, drop that, it's this year. Yeah, if they drop that, I'm thinking E3 announcement out by September. That's their that's their E3 announcement. They'll announce other stuff, but that's their thing for this year. And Sherry Goblin confirms people got mad at you. LOL. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens from time to time. People get mad at, at old Alex. I'm, I'm trying to do doing my best and it's fine but yeah I, I got really mad at that cloud was in the game i think i also got pissed that bayonetta was in the game but i i don't think i got that pissed because i knew people would attack me for that that might have been the that might have been a different thing that was that was would have been a different show because they announced cloud as the teaser for the last smash direct and i think that last smash direct we had james on oh that's right and he's he's a bayonetta boy um. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I think we're getting this. We're getting Smash this year. I don't really. I don't necessarily want Smash this year. Well, I I, I would love. I would love. Year. I would love to have one version of Smash that has everything that from the from both versions of the game. That and it's that it's your handheld and your console Smash. Exactly. I just want to be able to play Magic Can on the TV. Mm-hmm. 
I just want the duck hunt dog on my in my in my in the palm of my hands once again. <laughs> yeah. Um I think that's that's all we got for this show. We we we've been going for an hour and a half at this point and I gotta find yeah. some way to staple this, these two shows together. I think what I'm gonna do is if you get if you get this on iTunes, I'm gonna put the beginning of the show maybe at the end of the show. And I, I might cut out the end, and I might just put it at the end. And we'll see. It's it's both parts of this, this podcast, assuming they're usable, are gonna are gonna go on iTunes. We we are on iTunes, by the way. Nintendo News Report on iTunes. That's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Nintendo News Report on iTunes. Review us. We will read you your reviews on a future show. Give us visibility because it makes us feel good. And it probably will make us work harder. I hope so. I hope so. Patreon.com slash NWR. Support the site that supports this show. Donald Mick on Twitter. D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. I'm Kulafia. C-U-L-A-F-I-A. I am absolutely, absolutely losing my voice. One last thing, Donald. Do you like Zelda? Uh, well, I had to put it. I had to put it down for a few days, and now I really can't wait to go back to it. Oh boy! How many hours? How many hours? Uh, only about, only about ten. But I'm about ready to hit hit the first area with the first dungeon. It's clicking with you. Yeah. Nice. nice. I, I don't think I. I don't think I'm best game ever. But I'm. I'm with you that we're probably going to be talking about this game a lot at the end of the year. But you at least agree that there is a sense of wonder in this game that games simply don't approach. Yeah. Okay, word. We'll talk about it in the future. There, there, there's there's a little last something-something for you guys. Thank you very much. Good night to all of you. Cherry Donald, Lindsay X, Billy, RK, uh, Santiago316, everyone else watching, Kingler, Riza, uh, Axel, Ms. 1K3. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.